you know, for a long while now, I have been on a mission to have Christ the center of my life. And I've been really, really, really asking God to be the center of my life. The center of how I move, how I think, how I interact with people, all of these things. And he has been maturing me and growing me in so many areas. And I'm so grateful for that. But I was sitting here thinking about how a lot of us as believers do not have Christ as the center of our lives. We believe in God and we believe in Christ, but is he the center? I like how in the Bible, when they talked about those who followed Christ, you know, they didn't call them Christians. They called them Jesus followers. And when I follow someone, that means I am very much so engaged in what they are doing, how they move, how they think, what are maybe, let's think about in today's world, what are the new products that they are using, whatever it is, we really do unknowingly and sometimes knowingly begin to adjust our lives to how they move. We say, oh, try this product and we do so. They may say, okay, this is how I lost weight. So you try to do what they have done. But I had to really think about God, how am I truly following you? I want you to be the center of my actions. I want you to be the center of all that I am, all that I am. I want you to be the center of my marriage, of how I raise my children, how I run this podcast, how I do other business ventures, whatever it is, God, let the light of you be there. I want your words to be my words. I want your mouth, my mind, everything to intertwine, to be one. God, become the center of my life. And I have to begin to think about when did that journey really start for me, where that mind shift happened? And I want you to think about when did that journey start for you? If you're like, I need Jesus to be the center of my life. Let's talk. Episode 25 of Conquering Me Podcast. We are in episode 25. Wow, this is amazing. I really am excited and also kind of nervous because why? The Lord told me to take a six-week break. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I am the, the marketing, uh, the marketer and the strategist and the business mind in me is saying, oh, girl, you don't have a way to stay connected to them. You don't have emails. You don't have your social media, none of that stuff. How do you know? How will they know when you're back? Will people lose interest and all these types of things? You're just in the beginning of the podcast. But I had to say, God, I am going to lean and depend on you. And I'm taking a six week break so that we can, I can really take time and study and be in my word and really see the direction of what God is calling me to do for this next season, season two of the podcast. I can't believe I'm saying season two. So I'm so excited about that alone. Oh my goodness. And the reason why I'm excited is because this, one of the things I do struggle with is consistency. And I see that in 
in various areas, not in all areas, but in various areas of my life where I'm not as consistent as I would want to be. But in this one, this podcast, this not only um, I've heard from so many people that know me personally um, that have said this has helped them and has blessed them. And from people like literally I have family members and friends and church members passing it out to other people and they're getting word back from the people that they know of saying how much this podcast has been such a blessing. And so that alone keeps me going. Right. It keeps me going and doing what God has called me to do. But it also, this podcast has fueled me. It's fueled me in the joy of just preaching and teaching the word of God and really finding that joy, right? One of the scriptures that come into mind is, oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. And of course, it's not the physical feet are beautiful itself, but it's the pathway and the walk that one has of those who preach and teach the word of God for the glory of God, right? And so we're going to take a six week break um, and we're going to come back stronger. Um, I definitely know and feel that we're going to have some people on. I can, I, I know I'm a call on some guests where we can have discussions about the word of God because we want everything to be about the word of God. We're going to have um, my husband and I are currently working on another channel and we're going to use podcasts as it. We're going to do YouTube and all these things where it is going to be specific words of encouragement, words of prayer and meditation to where we just can take time to help one another to stay on this pathway and this faith walk, right? So we have so many things that's coming out. I'm working on the Conquering Me website. I'm working on tools that are going to be great for the website and also working on the social media. And because my husband and I are uh, through education and through work, our marketing and branding, we always want things to be a little certain way. So y'all pray for us that we don't fall in the way of trying to be perfect, okay? That we don't get in our own way, but really that we follow God. So I just want to give you all, this is the last episode of this first season, but we are going to come back stronger and better. And I pray that even the next season is just going to really, really help transform people's lives. I have this crazy audacity of faith and hope that God is who he says he is. Even in the moments where I have moments of unbelief and doubt, I still, the core, the center of me still believes that God is who he said he is, even though I may be concerned about a specific uh, topic or area of my life. I have faith that the power of God can penetrate and transform the doubt that I have about the promises of God. So it's just one of these things of I am choosing and I want us to know that our faith is a choice. Everything that we do is a choice. Even making Christ the center of our lives is a choice. It is a choice to really think about God and really allow God to come into our lives and not just our lives because we, okay, I want us to really break this down. So a lot of times we hear allow God to come into your life. We think of the first step of salvation. When we have come into Christ, you have accepted him as your personal savior. You're like, I'm going to live for you. I am now saved. Amen. Hallelujah. So now we are there. But the Bible talks about even salvation in, in different contexts of him being um, basically our redeemer. 
It's a continuing of saving us, saving us from ourselves. And when I say allow God in, there are different areas of our lives. And we know as human beings, we can put things into little mini or large compartments. They can, um, you, you know, maybe it could be an insecurity specifically about relationship and that one you have not allowed God to come in, but you're yet you're very secure about how you move in your, your relationships at work, but your relationship with your children, you're very insecure. You have not allowed God to come in to say, God, how do I walk this walk? Even the areas of your security and your assurance, are you still allowing God in? So we can really look at our lives and the various nuances and the little things, the details, the small ones, the big ones, whatever it is. And let's say, have I allowed God to come in? Have I allowed his character to come in? Have I really, really made Jesus, the center of my life. And like what I was saying earlier of, I love how in the Bible they call those who followed God, not just the disciples, but those who were following Jesus as uh, Jesus followers. And God gave me this revelation. And I believe I said this in one of the podcasts a couple podcasts ago, a couple episodes ago. And God gave me this revelation that there are a lot of people who believe in God but they don't believe that Jesus is the son of God. And then those who do believe that the son of God, that Jesus is the son of God, they do not follow him. And there is a difference. When I believe in something, I have all my hope and my faith and my trust in my belief, which is good. But now that I have decided to be the follower, now I am putting the actions and I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to change and transform me, even the very way that I think and move and how I go about in my day to day life. And this is now that I've I've allowed Christ to become the center of my life. And I had to really reflect on when those moments begin to happen with me, where I began to see like huge changes. And I really want to say it started off when certain scriptures started to resonate with me. I believe one pivotal moment uh, in my life was in college. In college, um, I did go through a lot of things during those years. I'm not saying that I was perfect because I did a lot of dumb stuff too, right? Did a lot of things that were not pleasing, um, out there wilding in some, to a certain extent, you know, wasn't doing too much, but I was doing stuff. But at the end of the day, it was in college to where I really saw like a huge change in way I wanted to serve God and how I wanted to have my relationship with God. I really wanted to see God differently. And so that was in my early 20s where I was just like, God, I want to see you differently. And I believe that one of the scriptures that really catapulted that was in Hebrews 11. And in Hebrews 11, it says this. And we're going to go to verse 6. Um, verse six says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. The new King, I mean, the King James version says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That scripture to me began to challenge the way and what and how I was seeking God. That was one of the scriptures that when I grab hold of that, it began to make me think of, am I seeking God for the hand of God or for actually God himself? Because I just want a relationship with him. 
And then it lo- I looked at it and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. God, you will reward me just for seeking you. Now I look back at it now that I've been walking with the Lord for a little time. Now I realized that the, a lot of the ways that he was rewarding me, not just in the natural, but also the spiritual, I begin to have more peace. I begin to have more understanding. I begin to have more joy. I begin to allow things to fall off of me. Things that used to just really, really, really irk my last nerve and I couldn't do anymore. Now it wasn't even bothering me. It was like slowly but surely because I kept seeking him for his knowledge. I kept seeking him for his understanding. I just kept seeking him. I was like, God, I just want to know you. I know that I will receive. I know that I will gain, but I just want to know you. And I feel like when I begin to have that desire to seek him, I be, things start to shift that allowed me to say, God, I want you to be the center of my life. Even though I wasn't verbalizing it, right? I wasn't really saying that. I wasn't saying those words. But that scripture began to say, wait a minute. I want to please God. So I need to have faith in God. But then I said, well, I'm struggling to have faith and believe in certain areas. Will this be okay? Will this come to pass? You know, whatever those will this, whatever those questions were. But he gave me, he gave me the solution in the same scripture that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if I, if I am constantly seeking him regarding this or regarding whatever it is that he will reward me with the answer, or he will reward me with understanding. He will reward me with peace. He will reward me with whatever he decides to reward me with. So I realized in that scripture that it began to shift the narrative of my relationship with God. And in this moment, I want you to take a moment of like, what is the scripture that has been get, has really begun to shift the way you view God or the way you have placed God in your life. Like take a moment to really think about that. How, how old were you? Where were you mentally? What was going on in your life? Right? Just to think back, because I think about it for me, when I was in college, I was so hungry and so fi- on fire, but yet I was going through a lot. Oh, Lord, I was going through a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I just wanted God. I knew that I was following God, but I did not understand the path that I was on. So re-asking him and actually seeking after him gave me peace that I was going to be rewarded. Another scripture that really, really, really helped me in making Christ the center of my life was Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord and all thy heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So the fear of the Lord in here is not actual fear. It is actually like a reverence. Give him glory, honor him, worship him, right? So this began to say, okay, wait a minute. I got to trust in him. But how can I trust in God? And part of it, I begin to realize what the second part is in verse five. It says, lean not into thy own understanding. I was like, oh, that's the problem why I can't trust in him. Because I keep thinking and leaning on my own truth and my own understanding. I'm not even asking him to come into my understanding. And then when I grabbed hold of that scripture, I was like, okay, God, come into my thought process. Come into the way that I think. 
Give me your understanding because verse six says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. So I began to say, okay, God, how should I do this? I don't want to say what I should do or what I think I should do. I want you to tell me because you know what my future holds. You know what my five minutes holds from right now. You know who I'm out to talk to and what their heart is, what their mind is, whatever it is. God, I need you in this very moment. Let's think about it. During this time, when I really started to study the book of Proverbs, it was once again in college. I stayed in Proverbs heavily during that season of life. And even after I got married, my husband and I, we got married immediately right after college. And I think after a year, yeah, after a year of being uh, married, that's when we found out we were pregnant with our first child. And I stayed in Proverbs because I just needed to know his wisdom. Like God's wisdom gave me an immense amount of peace. It gave me an immense amount of just assurance to know that everything is okay. And if I'm following God, if I'm following the voice of God and the the character of God, even if the results are not what I desire, I know that it's good because I'm following God. But when I looked at this scripture during a season of life of Proverbs of um, when it says in here in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And that's in verse six. I had to really say, okay, even with job interviews, I go on a job interview. Like, you know, a lot of times what we pray is, God, we thank you for this job interview and going well. And then I get the job, right? That's what we pray. And, and I get it. I've done it. A lot of people do it. But when I begin to understand this scripture, it my prayers begin to be like this. God, I thank you for orchestrating the very conversation that we have. I thank you for taking over my words. I thank you for how and what to wear how I should come into it because it says in all thy ways, acknowledge him. He shall direct that path. Sometimes it could be a simple thing of somebody liking the way that the, that you dress at a job interview that stood out to them. They're like, Oh wow. And now you have this impression on them, right? They have seen 15 people that day, but you decided to walk in with some red pumps or red tie. And now all of a sudden they're like, yeah, Jennifer, the girl with the red heels. I liked her. But because I said, God, I acknowledge you in all of my ways. Even God, show me what to wear. I am asking you to literally take over how I move and I think. But having this mindset and God like building on my foundation and building within my relationship, I began to see him differently. Once again, I was shifting towards moving him more and more and more to become the center of my life. God, I want you to be the center of my life. Once again, I wasn't praying that prayer specifically. I just wanted to know more of him, right? I was just studying the book of Proverbs and I began to see all these beautiful nuggets that were in there. I said, okay, God, you are becoming the center of my life. So every time I gain a new understanding of scripture, I begin to have Christ to be the center. Another set of scriptures that really, that really helped me was Proverbs 4, 7 through 9. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get an understanding. Exalt her and she will promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give, she, she shall give this, give this a hot head, an ornament of grace and a crown of glory. And shall she deliver 
to thee. Let me tell you this. I'm laughing at myself. Now I see why a lot of us have gotten out of the King James version because as she, as she shall, I feel like I was doing a tongue twister on two words. Good. Jeez. So, <laughs> so, but in here in Proverbs seven, I mean, four, seven through nine, the first scripture is wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get an understanding. So with all thy wisdom that I was asking for, God began to add another layer to it. Say, good, Jennifer, I'm glad that you're getting wisdom. I'm glad that you're asking me for my wisdom because the Bible does say that even those who ask of his wisdom, he will give it freely, liberally. He will give us his free, his wisdom, like generously. He doesn't hold back his wisdom, but we have to ask of it. So now God is saying, okay, now that you have asked for my wisdom and that's the first thing and you have it, now let's get a better understanding so God was layering my faith and my desire to have him the center of my life. There's a song that says, Jesus, are you are the center of it all, right? So it's a beautiful thing, but the process to actually have Christ to become the center of it all is a process. It is a layering. The more and more we study the word of God, the more and more we are at his feet, the more and more we understand that he is always centering us to uh, centering himself to be right there in our life and our very decision. I want to go back to Hebrews 11. When Hebrews 11 and six says it is impossible to please God without faith. And right there, I remember it being such a struggle. I was like, God, I believe, but I don't understand why it's so difficult for me to fully believe. Then the Lord began to under, help me to understand the power of his grace. The power of his grace is so good. It is so wonderful because he gives us a scripture in Mark 23, excuse me, Mark 9, 23 through 24. And it says this, if you can, well, I want to go back to 22 so you guys can have a little backstory. So Mark 9, 22 says it has often thrown him into the fire and water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. This was a man talking to Jesus. Uh, Mark 9, 23 says, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Mark 9, 24 says, immediately the boy's father explained, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. So we were just reading at Hebrews 11, it says, without faith is impossible to please God. So I struggled with the, con. I did, I struggled with condemnation of saying, well, God, I have faith, but I don't have faith in this area. So I felt like something was wrong with me because I didn't have faith. But Jesus himself, the man was saying, help me with my unbelief. Jesus, he, this man was talking to Jesus saying, I, I know that you are a healer. I know that you can do these things. I know, but I need you to help me. And then this is what Jesus did in Mark 9, 25. When Jesus saw that the crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and unmute spirit. And he said, I command you out, come out of him and never enter again. Verse uh, 26 says the spirit shrieks, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many people said he was dead. Verse 29 says, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. 
After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciple asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And this is when Jesus started getting into the disciples. But my point is, if we look at verse 20 through 22 through 27, and this is once again, chapter nine, you have a man who was desperately asking Jesus to deliver his child from this demon, from whatever that was going on within him. And Jesus said to him, he said, if you can, what do you mean? If I can, you need to have faith that I can. And the man just simply said, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. He said, I struggle. I'm struggling in this. So let's go back to Hebrews 11. So when we say it is impossible to please God without faith. So even in the areas that we have struggle in, we can still say, God, I believe, but I help my unbelief. I know that you can, but for whatever reason, I am struggling in this. And we see here that Jesus did not tell this man until you believe fully, then I'll heal your son. No, what happened was Jesus saw the vulnerability and the honesty of the man. And he understood that he can even, the man was asking God to heal his unbelief. So I still have faith over my unbelief. These scriptures begin to allow me to allow Jesus to be the center of my life. This is when I begin to understand his grace so much. I begin to understand that I don't have to have it all figured out. I just have to lean on God. That's it. I just got to lean on God. I don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to come out and be this, oh God, I got all the faith in the world and da, 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 da. And then when I don't have faith, I can't acknowledge that I don't have faith. I just got to say, God, I know that you can do this, but I need you to really help me on this. Help your girl out. She's struggling. And the last scripture that really helped pivot me, there's so many scriptures in the Bible, but I wanted to focus on these particular scriptures that really helped me. I feel like in my earlier walk with Christ, especially in uh, while I was in my 20s in college, to allow Christ and allow my spirit to make him the center of it all, the center of my life. The last one I want to focus on is John 4, 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when a, when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind, the worshipers, the father seeks. And I believe it's in the King James um, version. It says the latter part says for the father is seeking such to worship him. And so for me, I was like, wait a minute. There's scriptures in the Bible that says, um, in all thy ways, no, excuse me, there's scripture in the Bible that says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, right? But in this one, it says, God is seeking for a worshiper that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He is literally searching for that. And when I read that and I said, Lord, is that rare to find someone who's going to worship you in spirit and truth? Because praise is easy. For people to give. I, I just want to make that clear. It is a powerful weapon. It is very, very important. But to praise and to worship, those are two different things. 
Worship is a level of vulnerability. When it says spirit and the truth, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to come in, but also I'm dealing with the truth of who I am. Praise is reflecting on God. God, I thank you for maybe, let's say the new job. God, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. Blah, blah, blah. We go through all the thanks. We go through all the praise and all of these things. But worship is intimacy. And that's hard for a lot of us. That's hard for humans. Because of our way of protecting ourselves, we put up all the barriers and all the shields and we don't even realize that we're really not even allowing God in. So when I read that about, wait a minute, you seek a worshiper that will worship you like this? Then I said, God, teach me how to be that worshiper. I want you to search after me. And then you find me in the place of saying, she's worshiping me the way I desire. Like if that's, it was like this another major scripture that shifted me to desire Christ to be the center of my life. Once again, I wasn't saying those words. I was just being drawn into him. I just kept saying, I want to be that. I want to be the one who's seeking after you and you're given the rewards because I'm diligently seeking after you. I want to be the one who's acknowledging you in all of my ways so you can direct my path. I want you to be so into my life and intertwined that when I worship you, I worship you in spirit and truth. I'm just not thinking I'm in worship because I played a soft song or a ballad or put on my favorite uh, a church Christian worship song. No, 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 no. It is because it is you and I and I'm allowing the spirit to examine me and I'm allowing the truth of you and the truth of myself to come together. What are the scriptures are the moments that begin to shift and allow Christ to be the center of your life? And if you're thinking, I don't have that, that's all right. I want you to have hope that is coming. I want you to say to yourself, God, I want you to be the center of my life life. God, I ask that everyone who is listening, bring back their to their memory, those scriptures, those moments, those encounters with you that begin to shift them to say, Oh, I want you to be the center of it all. And some of us need to be reminded of it because we are slowly but surely straying away and being distracted by so many other things. Let us be followers of you. Let us literally think about how you have shifted us because it is your spirit that is moving us. It is not our strength. It is not our power, but it is yours that is moving us to focus more and more and more on you. Bring it back to our memory. Bring back those scriptures. Maybe it was a sermon. God, bring back, let it be a song. Whatever it was, that encounter that said, God, I want more of you. And as you bring back to that us those memories, let us bask and meditate on it. And let your joy and your peace and your love meet us right there so that it can overflow and ignite us and want us to have you to be the center of our lives even more. Let us begin to thirst after you so that you can be the center of our lives. And God, this prayer is for those who feel like God is not the center of their lives. They go to church, they listen to the podcast. They listen to a lot of things, but they're like, God is not really the center of my life. I am the center of my life. 
Or maybe you have somebody else or some other thing that is the center of your life and you're basing everything off of that. God, I ask that you begin to help and touch them right now. Open their eyes and place the desire in them so that you can be their focus. You can be their focus. Ignite in them that fire, that passion, that desire for you. And God, in this last prayer, it's for those who do not know you. Before Christ can be the center of your life, you first have to have him. You have to have Christ as your personal savior. And he will reveal himself to you of all the things that he is. God, I ask that you allow those who want to be saved, let their hearts and their minds be open right now. And I want you to repeat after me. God, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want you to be my savior. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose just for me. If you have believed that you are saved, heaven is rejoicing. We are rejoicing. You are not alone. None of us are alone. We are walking in this together. What are those moments where God began to shift you so that Christ was the center of your life. I love you all. I am praying for you all. Please be praying for me and my husband and the team. We're gonna, I know God is going to have us to reach out to people and get some team members so that we can really build this podcast um, into something that will give God glory and reach more people. So I ask that you just continue to pray for us and I will see you in six weeks. Oh, my Lord, I can't believe I'm saying that. But I am. I'm going to hold on it. I'm going to stay in faith and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Six weeks from this Friday. So put your notifications on. Subscribe to the podcast. Do what you need to do so that when that next episode, season two drop, you are there. Love you all.